If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Bradner, and today's guest is Natalie Ryder. She is a licensed counselor and has extra certifications on all things infertility. We are so happy to have you here today, Natalie. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We are going to talk about infertility and marriage today. And I just feel, and Natalie can agree to, that this probably does not get talked about enough. It's a hard thing to, to cover. Yeah, it really is. Before we get started, just share briefly, Natalie, what made you go into serving the infertility community? Yeah, absolutely. My infertility journey actually started pretty young. I was diagnosed with endometriosis at 18. Um, and they had just talked very briefly at the time about how this might impact your ability to have children. And at 18, obviously, I was just like, kids, that's not a thing on my radar. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. And so I didn't really think about it until, you know, my husband and I just started to attempt to conceive and it did not go the way that we had planned. And we ended up going through reproductive medicine. So yeah. through that process, I was just like, you know, we are not talking about mental health well enough at all. And so that really made me research it further, get some further training in it and kind of start Prairie Land because of that. Well, we appreciate you, Natalie. And all you do, you just, you do so many things outside of just counseling to serve the infertility community. So thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the whole thing is like, it's a community. It's not just like one thing, you know, it's not just counseling or just medicine or, you know, just a procedure. Like it's a completely community-based event. Absolutely. So let's dive in. Hopeful hint number one. So I think hopeful hint number one is that, you know, going through this process can be actually a wonderful time to really improve communication with your partner. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs. And so talking about what your expectations are, talking about how you're going to grieve, talking about how you're going to just go through the process, what you're willing to do, how far you're willing to go, how long you're willing to kind of participate. Communication can actually be greatly improved because it's something that is forcing you to communicate. I love that. I feel that it was not done in my case until later on. Like it was, like mm -hmm. you said, forced. It was forced, but we should have been forced earlier had we known what was to come. But I think like you said, the second you get that diagnosis, steps to improve communication should take place. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's not uncommon for it to be later, but at that point, it's usually because there's been a couple what we identify as ruptures or big conflicts or things like that. And so really being proactive about communication, you know, whether it's talking with a counselor who can help you kind of go through and identify things to talk about, um, that can be helpful. But just also, you know, going together and just really understanding how to communicate with each other or how to build on the communication that you already have. Can you give some examples of what ruptures are? I believe I've had some, but I'm not sure that word... <laughs> That word caught me. <laughs> yes. So a rupture is kind of what we call like a conflict, you know, or um, a, a time where we disconnect or it impacts, you know, the relationship. So, you know, it might be that one partner feels like all they're willing to do is IUI, where the other partner is like, I'm willing to go all the way through surrogacy and donated gametes. And it's like, well, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, IUI is not successful and you're getting ready to discuss IVF, if you've never had that conversation, you know, that rupture that, you know, we're not on the same page at all, that can be really impactful on a relationship. Absolutely. Hopeful hint number two. So hopeful hint number two, I think, is that this is a team event. You know, this, even if it's like diagnosed male infertility or female infertility, or even if it is a same-sex couple going through this, you know, process, this is a team event. It doesn't happen just for one person. You know, to create a child, you need two, sometimes three people, sometimes even four to, to make this process be successful. And so this is not a solitary journey. And so it really gives you an opportunity to get to know your partner in ways that maybe you wouldn't otherwise, you know, and, and this journey to parenthood look, can look very different when you are very purposeful and very deliberate about the steps you have to take for it. I love that. That is so true. You know me, I already think that outside of just looking at this from a marriage perspective, infertility should be a team event. When it comes to healthcare too, you brought up a very good point with that. Yes. You know, I find that with my own personal work, um, that a lot of the emotional burden does tend to fall on the woman or on the caring partner, especially if it's like an unexplained infertility. And so any way that your partner can support you or for partners who are listening to this, you can support the partner who maybe is going through maybe more of the medical procedures, more of like the, the medication, more of, of that piece, understanding that there is a place for you in this. I think another thing that I hear is that, you know, for the partner, whether it's male or the partner who's not carrying, um, they're not necessarily sure what role they even have in it because their bodies may not be as physically impacted, you know, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I feel kind of lost. And so really, again, that kind of goes back to the communication piece, talking about what you need from your partner and what they can do to help and how to support and how you can come at this really from this team point of view. Love that team approach. And once again, here goes my favorite slogan. You are not alone, right? When you, no matter nope. if it's male or female, that's diagnosed, you're not alone. Yep. It's incredibly true, you know, and not only just in terms of your partner, you are not alone, but, and even for single parents, you are not alone. The whole reproductive process is a community-based event. Absolutely. You know, whether it is from people providing caretaking for any future children, caretaking for you if you're going through 
a medical procedure, just so many opportunities for this to be a community-based event. And that's why it's so important. Absolutely. Hopeful hit number three. This one is a little probably NSFW, but sex can be fun again. Yes. (laughs) You know, like when when you are on like, like a timed intercourse or you're on a retrieval or you're on all of these different things, I think it's really easy to forget that sex can be fun and spontaneous and enjoyable. And I think also remembering that intimacy, sex does not equal intimacy. You know, intimacy is about a whole lot more than just a physical act. And, you know, creating ways to become closer to your partner um, and to derive pleasure from your partner, this is really giving you that opportunity, which I think is, you know, it's always great to be met with a challenge and then figure out how you're going to adapt and know that you also do have to make sure that when the process is done, you're being deliberate about having fun sex again. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. We all know if you've been through infertility, yeah. I'd say you can relate to this. There's maybe yeah. a small percentile maybe out there that doesn't, but I think we all can maybe say it's happened a time or two throughout our journey to our journey to conceive sex has been forgotten. Yes. <laughs> changed dramatically. <laughs> yes. It becomes like a vehicle. Sure. It doesn't become an experience. Yes. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Well, Natalie, where can people find you at? Yeah, so I am physically located in Fargo, North Dakota, but I am licensed in Minnesota and North Dakota, which means that I can see anybody in either state virtually. But website is prairielandcounselingfargo.com. And so I invite you to come visit the website. I invite you to come ask questions and know that I am part of your community. Absolutely, and we are so thankful for that. Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us today. Yes, thank you. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our author shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.